Welcome to the Overboard Podcast, the inside scoop into the world of travel, tourism and entertainment. And as you can hear, the theme tune is playing, which means I get to invite him back onto the show. The show that is broadcast simultaneous between England and Europe, between Liverpool and Budapest. And in Liverpool, waiting for me at the other end of this line is young Benjamin C. Clift. Good morning, David. Do you remember the days, David, when you introduced the podcast and you added things like no overproduction, no adverts, just hearty conversation? I kind of miss those days. You don't have that in there anymore, do you? Welcome to the podcast. No <laughs> overproduction, no overthinking, just hearty discussion. It's like an old friend returning. How are yes, you? Yes, I'm all right. Not too shabby. How are you? You look well. I do feel a bit optimistic this week. I've been a bit up and down this week, but the ups have been quite steady. You know, the downs have been slim mm. and the ups have been quite fat. Fat ups? I've never heard about this. I've never referred to anything as a fat up before. No, neither have I before. So. <laughs> Maybe you've just invented a new <laughs> phrase that will go worldwide. I know. A fat up. Slim down, fat up. The cruise industry is, is this, as we were talking earlier, there's a lot of optimistic hope. Things are opening up. Great reaction to the interview with my sister last week. Had some really lovely messages coming through. Somebody wrote to tell me that they thought you were a really good interviewer and that your questions were really in-depth. Wow, and my mum passed away last year, so it can't be her. <laughs> I was going to say that you sent it to me. I learned some things from that interview with my sister that she doesn't even share with me, you know, when I call her. It was an enjoyable conversation. So I had my notes in front of me, but I, I felt myself having to sort of re-align um, my eyes with where I was with the notes because I got so wrapped up in the interview. So it was a good interview. I enjoyed it. Who is your favourite Clift? Is it still me or is it her? Or is it my other sister, Amanda? Or is it Big Jeff or Janet? Don't put yourself down. You're still number five. Actually, number six. Well, maybe a number eight because there's Alison Cliff. <laughs> it's going down. Henry and you, Lily you'll Cliff. Be emailing me and asking me who my extended family are at the end of this and then putting me down to number 36. Exactly. Let's do this. Shall we find out where Cornflake was last week? 13,000 kilometres completed in 1664. Took over 2,000 years to actually build. Uh, one of the most visited attractions in its country of uh, location. Where was Cornflakes? The Great Wall of China. Of course, the Great Wall of China. It was easy, wasn't it? Yep. Shall we find out what's happening this week? Yes, let's do that. The Four Adventures of Cornflake. So here we go once again with the Further Adventures of Cornflake. I'm not going to explain how to play. I explain every week and I'm boring myself to death. So I'd imagine you're just as bored, if not more bored. This week, to help you identify the celebrity, we have once again taken their voice. Four clues as always, and this is clue number one. I really don't want to do it. So have a think about who you think that might be, and we'll be back later with another clip. You are listening to the Overboard Podcast with David and Ben. Well, there we go, another celebrity. Benjamin, let's move on to Did You See. Let's start with the results from last week's poll. How confident do you feel booking a cruise right now? The least popular answer, with nobody saying it, was not confident, just hoping for the best. 4% said, I won't be booking a cruise till this pandemic is properly over. 18% said, I think I will wait and see how 2021 goes. 25% said, I think even if the cruise is changed or postponed, it's nice to have something in writing to look forward to. An overwhelming 53% of people, including yourself, said they're fully confident in the cruise companies to deliver safe cruises. Mm, good results, I would say, wouldn't you? Well, it's all systems go. I'm fully confident that by September, the world is going to be a totally different place, mate, and we're going to be back at it. Uh, don't forget our poll run in association with the Facebook group What To Do On Your Cruise. Benjamin, did you see that hugging is allowed again in the UK? 
Boris Johnson has confirmed people in England will be able to hug loved ones, dine inside restaurants, drink inside pubs and go abroad on holiday from next Monday. Speaking at a Downing Street news conference, he said the 17th of May, easing was the single biggest step on the roadmap so far. Who have you missed hugging the most that you haven't been able to? Obviously my mum, I think. My mum and my dad. I mean, I haven't seen my mum for nearly a year now. So really, yeah, wow. absolutely, yeah. Are you a hugger? Well, I was thinking about this when when the question came up. I don't mind hugging. There's an awkward moment in hugging, isn't there? As to what side do you put your head? Is it the left or the right? If you both go for the middle, you headbutt the person. Well, no, no. But if you both go in for a hug, right, and you go to go to the left, and they go to go to the right. Then basically you're gonna you got that bit where you pull back again and then you go back in again. I don't like that in hugging. That's what I don't like. Are you a forward hugger though, Dave, or are you arm round the side? Give us a hug that way. Definitely a forward hugger. Are you? How long do you hold on for? Because holding on, this is it's a bit like a handshake, isn't it? The etiquette of holding on for a hug. How long? How long should you be in that embraceful position? And then do you fully pull? Uh, fully you know, p- pull apart, or do you hover then, so you're sort of kind of hugging with the face right there, like, you're almost like you're going to snog. I'm a very giving person, so I will give a full hug, and then as the hug is about to be released, I'll pull them back for just another squeeze, just to do let you? them know that I really love that person. I do it with you, but you always reject me. I never reject you. I would never <laughs> reject a hug from you. We always do hug. What about kissing men? Mm. Do you kiss men on the cheek? Now, that's interesting, because like every other Brits that hasn't travelled much. When I was younger, mm. if, if a man would kiss me on the cheek, it would make me feel uncomfortable. Because you don't experience it in England, men kissing each other, really, do you? When do you see males kissing each other in England? It's only fathers and sons, isn't it? That's, that's the only time you'd really see males kissing. When I've travelled um, Italy, um, I, I'm trying to think now, oh, in Egypt, bloody hell. Mm. It was like three kisses from yeah. everyone you saw. Yeah. Um, and so you sort of got used to it. And, and I quite like it, actually. I don't, it doesn't make any difference, does it? It's not very sanitary, is it, in, in these days? But... Do you think, Dave, there might be some people who haven't missed hugging and you know, don't want to oh, go yeah. back to doing hugging. I miss the eye, eye contact and the smiling. However, mm. when you're in a bad mood and you go around the supermarket or you're in a grumpy mood, it's quite nice that people you don't have to smile at people, you know? No. You can just remain grump in a grumpy state. You don't have to make eye contact because it's impossible to really communicate with anyone without the whole face, I think. Some people mm. don't like you to... I've never... I don't think I've ever hugged anyone who, who is that type of person that doesn't like being hugged. I had a friend of a friend of a friend who had a girlfriend but didn't like kissing on the lips. So What, the man or the woman? It was the man didn't like kissing his girlfriend on the lips. That's, That's interesting, odd, isn't, isn't it? it? That's interesting. We had the first day the other day with no deaths from from COVID in over a year and a half, which is amazing, isn't it? Suddenly, you know, in the last three podcasts, it's become a bit more good news. And in three weeks, we're suddenly talking about opening museums in Germany, cruise companies opening a lot more ships than they were planning to. And I just wonder if it's just a tiny little bit too soon. Have you considered the fact that maybe optimism has grown over the last three weeks because the podcast is back? I can't see the UK going into another lockdown after this one ends. I just can't see it happening, but we will see. We will see. But definitely because the podcast is back, people's optimism is through the roof. You're listening to the Overboard Podcast with David and Ben.
Benjamin, did you see that there are now tourist vaccination destinations? Yes, I saw. This is brilliant. Tell us more. Bram Castle is known as the inspiration for the vampire's home in Bram Stoker's novel Dracula. But visitors during the COVID-19 pandemic are more likely to leave with puncture marks in their arms than their necks this month. Like most of the world's tourist attractions, the castle in Romania's Carpathian Mountains have seen a drop in the number of tourists this year. So instead, it's become a COVID-19 vaccination centres. Did you see the pictures of this? Yeah, look very nice. Yeah, the, <laughs> the, the medical workers with bloody fang stickers on their scrubs are offering free shots of the Pfizer vaccine every Friday, Saturday and Sunday this month. No appointment is needed and vaccine recipients also get free entry to the castle's exhibit of 52 medieval torture tools. Is this the way forward then? You open up your, your tourist destination and offer the vaccination there. So you can go to Thorpe Park and get your vaccine while you're in between rides. I think it's a great idea, don't you? I would go in a heartbeat if I was close by to that. I like it a lot. Where would be the best place to get a vaccination? Um, Hooters, I reckon. <laughs> what, the, what, the, what the waitresses dressed as nurses well they can be dressed however they like they just come around and give you the shot then you get a shot from the bar and everyone's happy what about the cinema wouldn't that be good if, while people are watching a film you just come around and gently slip it into them <laughs> are you talking about hooters now or are you talking about the cinema I don't know what I'm talking about it's a great idea Dave great idea y'all listening to the Overboard podcast with David and Ben they talk funny, and they are funny. Benjamin, following our talk about the, the, you know, the roller coaster that got stuck at the top last week, I've seen a story this week in, in The Guardian that a man was left stranded on a glass-bottomed suspension bridge in northeastern China after sudden gale-force winds shattered the transparent panels around him. The man was on a 100-metre-high bridge at Pian Mountain in Luoying City when it was hit by sudden strong weather, the local tourism department said. Did you see this? No. There's videos that were the, and photos that were shared on social media showed the man clinging to the side of the bridge, surrounded by gaping holes where the glass panels used to be. Gusts of up to 150 kilometres per hour blew out several glass panels, trapping the tourist until he could be rescued by firefighters, police and forestry and tourism personnel. More than half an hour later, 30 minutes, he was, he was stuck there. Uh, apparently he was unharmed, but was sent to hospital for assessment and counselling. <laughs> State media... Reported. Have you seen these glass bridges that are popular in Asia? Yeah, I have. Do you like them? Good God, I don't think I could do it. I mean, no. if you have those sort of rope-type bridges... I mean, we're to, this is 100 metre high, this bridge, and there's one in the most famous ones in the... Uh, I don't know if I'm pronouncing this right, but the Zhangyai National Park in the Hunan province. Right. The Hunan province, uh, which stretches 430 metres across a canyon, 300 metres in the air. I mean... No, it's not for me. They were trying to do a transparent plane, weren't they? What, like a glass bottom boat? Yeah, like a glass bottom boat. Exactly, mate. Somehow, I don't know how it would have been done, but this is the thing. They want to try to have this transparent uh, plane so that you can take a... I mean, imagine that. Why? Some people are interested in that, but imagine being at 36,000 feet and just looking down and just seeing, seeing the floor. I mean, it's like... I'd have a heart attack. Don't think that, that glass would be clean for very long. No, it wouldn't, absolutely. I don't think you'd get a window cleaner at 36,000 feet, though, to clear it up, would you? Oh. 
Benjamin, did you see that, again, going back to the UK, we've got a lot of UK news this week. Boris Johnson is promising a skills revolution for England with loans for adults wanting to retrain and more powers to deal with failing colleges. Part of this will be allowing all adults to get a flexible loan for higher level education and training at university or college, usable at any point in their lives under the government's Lifetime Skills Guarantee Pledge. Did you see this? I did see this. I believe education should be free and so should uh, bettering yourself. So I wouldn't be happy about a flexible loan. I wouldn't want to repay the loan. But the point is now, after you get to a certain age, Mm. you can't get one of these training loans so that you can do a course. Now, any age, this will be used to provide the equivalent of up to four years study and can be used for full-time or part-time courses. Businesses and trainers will be encouraged to target local needs in sectors including construction, digital, clean energy and manufacturing. If you're in Britain at any age, if you're 50, if you're 30, if you're 55, you can just get a loan to do a course and you and you have to be given it. I think it's a good thing. I agree with you. It would be nice if everything was free, but it isn't. So No, but education um, should be free. Education and healthcare should be free. Bettering yourself should always be free. Yes, the Dalai Lama I'm speaking to. <laughs> Sorry, who was that? Who are you speaking to? <laughs> is, that, is that what his name? The Dalai Lama? Is he the Dalai Lama? Yes, yeah, the Dalai Lama, yeah. You know, the, there's a llama, an animal. I thought I'd just put that in. <laughs> I thought I'd invented a spiritual camel or something. Yeah, it should be free, but it's not, is it? This has got to be a step in the right direction. Do you not agree? You are a bit of a Tory boy, so I thought you'd like this. Absolutely. I've never voted in my life, David. And I know that's a disgusting thing because I, I well, have the right to worse. vote. Exactly, you're right. It is terrible. So when you say that I'm a Tory boy, not at all, because you don't know about my political sway, oh, so to speak. I talk to you all the time. I know exactly what you think about everything. You think that education and health should be free. Well, that's not a conservative policy then, is it? You come banging your Corbyn... Here he goes, banging his Corbyn drum. Red Ken, come on, Red Ken. Of course it's a good thing, Dave. At the end of the day, it's a good thing if you're able at any point in your life to go back and get additional education and retrain and stuff. It's wonderful. It's just... it's. The flexible loan, this is the problem. Do you know how much it is, though? How much is it to do these courses? But if you want to go back and you want to get four years at university, the average student comes out with something like £32,000 worth of debt. But if you're me or you're you, and this pandemic means we can never get back to the river or we can never do what we've been doing in the past and we've got to retrain, am I going to take on £32,000 worth of debt to retrain over four years. What would you retrain? I know you like your cooking, but what would you retrain as? If I could have done things differently, there are two things that I would have done. The first one will sound ridiculous because I have such a fear of it, but I would love to have been a pilot. When I was younger, I wanted to be a pilot, um, but I'm not intelligent enough to be a pilot and it would be a disaster. That's true. And the other thing that I would redo, mate, I would get my FIFA training badges and I'd like to go into football management. Oh. That I would like to retrain is something psychological, you know, something examining the way people think about things or the way people are behavioralist or something like that. I wouldn't mind doing a psychologist. Like that. Is that but the to, word you're looking for? To be, yeah, to be honest, Ben, I'm too lazy to even learn what the fucking term is for the job that I want to <laughs> <laughs> <Do you know? laughs> You are lazy, though, aren't you? You are a lazy I man. am a very lazy person, especially at the moment these last few months, but I know what I'm good at. Hmm. I know what I'm good at, and I am good at certain things that other people aren't good at. Yeah, 
Absolutely, and there's nothing wrong with that. You're not lazy enough to not learn the history of Vienna and Budapest and all that kind of stuff and to focus on developing your entertainment acts and your presenting skills. You're not lazy in that department. I would say that maybe lazy isn't the word then. Motivation. No, it's definitely lazy. They say every journey of 10,000 miles begins with a single step or something. But I don't know, sometimes you think, well, I could manage 50 steps. <laughs> the Dalai Lama's back again. <laughs> <laughs> the old spiritual camel. <laughs> you are listening to the Overboard Podcast with David and Ben. Benjamin, did you see that uh, road rage was in the news again? While most instances of road rage result in shouting expletives and nothing more, this is not always the case. Road rage historically has in some cases led to violence. In fact, around 12,610 Injuries and 218 murders have been attributed to road rage in the past seven years. An estimated 37% of aggressive driving incidents in the United States involve firearms. Have you ever suffered from or been a victim of road rage? I think we all, at times when we're driving, suffer from a little bit of road rage, don't we? What winds you up when you're driving? Uh, lane hopping on motorways without indicating. That winds me right up. The people that don't say thank you when you let them go, that winds me up to the hills. Yeah, you come, you come, and here they come, they're passing, and you're waiting for that little hand to go up as if to say, thank you very much, and it never comes up, and I'm like, yeah. But I've never really been a victim of road rage. You're usually like driving Miss Daisy, aren't you? You drive very slow. Look, right, that is actually a myth, and that comes from the fact that once in Mallorca, Sparky opened the bonnet of my car, and a snail had hooked onto the engine. And then Sparky went, bloody hell, he wants to get out of here. He moves quicker than you do. I don't drive like Miss Daisy. No, I just, I, I drive sensibly. You do drive sensibly. I've been in a car with you. You drive very, very, very sensibly. People who drive everywhere so quickly, why do they have to drive? I don't understand. When you were a kid and you were in the car and someone went herring past, either your mum and dad would have said, they won't get there any quicker. <laughs> I bet that happened, huh? Of course it yeah, happened. Yeah, my mum always used to say, they won't get there any quicker. And I'm, I'm thinking, well, they're, they're going at 90 miles. <laughs> exactly. Right. Of course they're going to get there quicker. What they mean is then they're waiting up the road, yeah. aren't they? Oh, I love that. Don't you and... love that, though? When you're sort of, you're doing the speed limit or whatever, or you're, you're, whatever. you're just driving along nicely, there's someone right up your bum and they spot an, an opportunity to overtake and they do it and they travel and they zoom off into the distance and you get like two miles down the road at a traffic light and they're, they're just waiting at the traffic light just ahead of you and you think hey I think as you get older maybe you get calmer yeah yeah you do you just don't worry so much about it do you is there anything else in your life that you find that you do slower as you get older well not make love it's over very quickly now for me <laughs> is it oh it's terrible I, I, it's, it's it really? got yeah I, I, I've, it, it's got worse as I've got older the cannons fired you know pretty quickly you know, there's no hanging really? around. Really? Do you do nothing to damper, damper the uh, amour? Well, I think about Matt Letizier and Francis Benali in my head. Oh, well, that would set you off even more. <sighs> do you eat slower? No. I've always eaten slowly anyway. That's why I'm so skinny. I chew my food properly. Do you drink slower? Do you drink alcohol slower? No, probably quicker. Let's have the second clue from uh, the mystery voice. The Bird Adventures of so here we go then with the second of this evening's clues in the further adventure of a cornflake. I really don't want to do it, but it's going to be a huge hit. Who could that be? Two more clips coming up later in the show. I um, think I know who that is, but uh, let's uh, see on the third clue. 
Anger management, Benjamin, it's now time when I ask you, is there anything that's been winding you up this week? Have you seen these stupid things on social media where they say your third needs to buy you McDonald's for a week or you and your second need to go to Nando's immediately tonight? Have you not seen these? Oh, God. No. What's this? It's, it, 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 it literally is that. Someone's put like a... A post. You and your third. What's your third? So whoever your third friend is on your social media account, they need to do this. Or you know, like you and your second are stuck on this island for a week. Who's it going to be? And then you, and then you got these people like "Mm, James Tung. Looks like it's me and you. And then James comes back. Oh, we'd smash it. What a load of old crap. What a waste of time. What a waste of your fucking life. If that is something that you feel you need to reply to, celebrities who get radio shows that are clearly not DJs. And they may be very good in their field and what they do. Clearly, you know the comedy duo Little Britain. Mm. I think a lot of people are aware of Little Britain. Matt Lucas, very, very talented comedian, uh, comic actor. He fills in on, on a radio station that I listen to occasionally. And he's just abject. He's awful. He has no idea of how to interview people on the radio. You know, I don't think he plans any any links or anything like that because it just seems very badly put together. Like he's just stepped in off the street and just said, can you just fill in? He's not done any planning. And it really annoys me that they continue to get work on the radio, these, these celebrities, just because they're a celebrity, not because they're any good at doing a job. It really frustrates me. It is frustrating. I know another act like that, a double act, Jamie Theakston and Amanda Holden. Amanda Holden on the radio. The chemistry between them, it's just awful. But Matt Lucas is particularly dreadful, I agree with you. And he's awful on the bake-off as well. I think you have to find your place, if you know what I mean. You have to find what suits you. Mm. I don't think, for instance, me and you would be very good doing a TV show. We'd be awful. Because... We look terrible. Yeah, because I... I, Yeah, we look awful. I mean, people are actually repulsed by us, so... (laughs) (laughs) That's that's probably not a good look for television. Right, let's have the third clue in the mystery voice cornflake thing. The Bird Adventures of Cornflake. Time for your penultimate clue then in the further adventures of a cornflake. Take a listen to this. I really don't want to do it, but it's going to be a huge hit. Get it. Three down, one more to go, and we'll be back later on with your fourth and final clue. an interesting one. Benjamin, now time for Etymology Corner. Are you ready for this? I am. My favourite part of the show. This week, above board. Now, above board means honest. Now, Partridge's Dictionary of Slang says above board is from card playing for money, specifically keeping hands visible above the table. Board was the word for table, hence boardroom. Not below, where they could be engaged in cheating. This would naturally have extended as a metaphor to the notion of a conjurer preparing a trick with hands above the board, brackets, table, rather than below it where the trickery could be concealed and therefore you get the term underhand. So above board meaning honest. Brilliant. Thanks, Dave. The Bird Adventures of a. So this is it then, your final clip tonight in the further adventures of a cornflake. Who do you think this mystery voice is? I really don't want to do it, but it's going to be a huge hit. Get it. Tell them no, but get it. So there you go then, David, my bald-headed friend. Who do you think that celebrity is? 
Well, we'll find out next week. Now it's time for my favourite part of the show, which I'll let you introduce. Ah, yes. It's now time for the ramblings of a robust but delicate middle-aged flower. Bravo! Bravo! (laughs) I got it right. I got it right. Amazing. Hello, Overboard Podcasters. It's taken me three attempts to get up today. I woke up at half past six and it is now one o'clock in the afternoon. God. I've got nothing in the diary for today, so why not slob out? I've just slipped my 12-inch meat feast into the oven. It's been a joy listening to the podcasts of Dave and Ben and their banter. I love it. I'm a bit sad we've lost Cornflake the cat because the cat can't travel. And now we've turned into a Cornflake in the mouth of a celebrity. Ben Clift, have you been reading my diaries from the 1990s? I should be calling you later. Oh, God, it's got to finish soon. I was wondering if anyone else experiences just staring. You know when people ask you, go, what are you doing? And you say nothing. And they say, what are you thinking about? And I go, nothing. We can't just do nothing. Actually, I can. I can stare for hours. I can look into space and be miles away and not even be thinking anything. It's an absolute joy. However, I do think there are people in this world that hate the fact that you can be sitting thinking of nothing. I don't know if it's a male thing. I'm sure it's for a lot of people, but it always seemed to be that the men in my family had it as a good hobby. And the women in my family used to get really annoyed at it. Well, you're sitting there doing nothing. I've got some jobs for you. That used to be much to the upset of me and my brothers and my dad. Who actually enjoys sitting there, staring, thinking of absolutely nothing and finding real pleasure in it? Oh, God. You are listening to the Overboard Podcast with David and Ben. Benjamin, that's about it for this week's episode. We'd like to thank our contributors this week, the Overboard team, including the middle-aged flower, Darren himself. If you're enjoying the shows, please subscribe through your listening platform. This way it will download and it will be ready for you and it's available on many different formats. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, CastBox, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, Anchor and others. Please spread the word. Please share us on Facebook. We have a Facebook page. It is at Overboard Podcast, board spelt B-O-R-E-D. We have a website, over-board.com. And on Twitter, we are Overboard5, board spelt B-O-R-E-D. Have a good week, everyone. We'll be back next week with another Overboard podcast. Until then, it's time for us to say goodbye. Goodbye. Betty, ooh, Betty, ooh, that's nice. Ooh, that's nice. Ooh, that's nice. Ooh, Betty, ooh, that's nice. Betty, ooh, that's nice. I'm waiting for my doorbell when you're gonna ring it, when you're gonna ring it. I'm waiting for my doorbell when you're gonna ring it, or when you're gonna ring it. Keep it rolling, rolling, rolling. Keep it rolling, rolling, rolling. Put the car in reverse and come back to me without hear this house.